Has your school or district ever conducted a community-based equity audit? If you've answered no to this question, then you are in the right place. Hi, I'm Dr. Terrence L. Green. I'm a tenure professor, and I've helped to prepare hundreds of racially just and anti-racist school leaders, and I want to help you. That's why I created this podcast to provide you and your team with real-world insights and practices that work so that you can collectively build racially just schools. On today's episode, which will be the first of a two-part episode where I'll begin talking about the community-based equity audit. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about what the community-based equity audit is, why you should use it, and the approach that you should take when you're conducting the community-based equity audit. And on a future episode, I'll talk about the process, the tactical, the how-tos of doing the community-based equity audit. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by www.raciallyjustschools.com. And when you join our community today, I will send you a free video on how to make your racial justice work better. I'm excited about you joining the community and I look forward to meeting you. And if you're ready to get into today's episode, we will in one second. But first, I have a special announcer that's going to get us started. Welcome to the Racially Just Schools podcast. With your host, Dr. Terrence Elgrade. He's my daddy, and he's the best ever. Let's go. You're listening to the Racially Just Schools podcast, the show that provides resources to help you and your team build racially just schools. Now, here's your host, Dr. Terrence L. Green. Welcome to the Racially Just Schools podcast. My name is Terrence L. Green and I am your host. And Yo, I am excited to be with you for another episode. And thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out to be a part of the Racially Just Schools podcast. I am excited about today's episode because it's going to be the first of a two-part episode where I'm going to be talking about the community-based equity audit. And I'm super pumped and excited to talk about it, if you can't tell already, because it's something that I've been thinking about, been working on for now over a decade, and super excited to kind of share you kind of the history of it, what it is, how it is, how to do it, what it can look like in practice, and some of the things that I've learned. Um, but before we dive into it, I just want to give a big shout out to uh Tom Marie G, who left an amazing, beautiful review about the podcast. You said this podcast should be mandatory listening to anyone in education. Thank you for having these important conversations. And Tom Marie G, I just want to say thank you for sending that in. And I want to thank each and every one of you who've uh, you know sent in a review. It's just super helpful because it helps us spread the word and to share what's happening here with other folks who are engaged in this work, interested in this work, and who wants to do this work. And so if you haven't, I would love it if you could just send us an awesome review. You can go on Apple or wherever you listen to this and, and do a review. All right. So without any further ado, we're going to hop right into the day's episode. I'm excited. Let's go. A very practical place to start when we think about the community-based equity audit is the place of inquiry that helps us figure out where we are you might be saying like all right what do you mean when you think about the way that your school or your district or your classroom engages with families with caregivers with community um, with young people uh, with community-based organizations where how would how might you situate that Where, where where might you be And I want you to think about this example. Imagine that you are um, at a mall and you want to hypothetically get to Macy's, right? And you 
traversing the mall trying to get to Macy's and like, shoot, I don't know where Macy's is. I know it's a Macy's up in this mall. I just don't know where it is. And so one of the things that malls typically have is that they have these big keys, these legends, and you could come up to the, the key in the legend. It'll have all the stores on it. And typically there'll be this little star and it'll say, you are here. And the reason that it says that you are here is because you have to first identify and locate where you are. And once you locate and identify where you are, there are multiple paths and multiple ways to get to Macy's or wherever you want to get. You can take the escalator. You can take the elevator. You can take the ramp. You can take the stairs. You can go up. You can go down. You can go around. There are a myriad of ways that you can get to Macy's. But in order to get to Macy's, you must first identify and locate where you are. This, as a quick side note, is one reason why just off the shelf um, racial justice and equity programs, they just don't work. Why? Because you can't use a map of Detroit to get around Chicago. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They're two different places. And so we have to first identify and locate where we are in our work around community and and engaging and and working authentically with families, with communities, with caregivers, particularly those who are black, um, indigenous, Latinx, Asian and Pacific Islander. And so one of the things I like to use in Thinking about kind of like locating where you are, there is this 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 practice matrix and thinking about involving young people that uh, Professor Katie Richard Schuster and Sarah Elliott wrote. They're both at the University of Michigan in the School of Social Work, and they have this 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 uh, this matrix to think about the the ways in which young people are involved in you know work around education, but. I I draw on this to think about um, as a framework, as a way for folks to begin to think about like where their school or their district is as we're thinking about engaging with community. And this is going to be important because this is going to set us up in talking about the community-based equity audit. Of course, today I'm going to talk about the why, you know, the how, kind of like the history of it. And of course, in the second episode to this, I'll be talking about the practice nuts and bolts of it, like the actual how-to part of it. But you can't negate this first part because... The, the the how-to and the approach and the things that you take up will be significantly informed around these questions like, where are you, right? And so they offer this kind of this matrix, this typology, is if you think about it as a continuum. It goes from uh, the kind of like four different locations. And, you know, people use the different terms that I'm going to talk about differently. So if you use them differently, it's all good, it's okay. I'm just uh, referencing how um, Schuster and Elliott uses them. So the first one is that um, you you – frame it as that you engage with community and young people and family and caregivers as consultants. And so when you think about, you know, families, communities, young folks as consultants, you know, you already have a predetermined direction, a predetermined agenda that your school or your district is going to go in. And all they're doing is giving feedback. Um, you're drawing on their expertise um, to, to hear their reactions to what you already have. They didn't participate in any of the, the planning. They didn't impl- in any of the creation, in any of the design of it. And they didn't participate in any of the actual implementation of it. So the ways in which they engage with you and your school and your district is is very limited. It's more as on a consultative basis where they're just giving feedback. The second part of the matrix is where families, youth, young people, and communities, um, they're viewed as or seen or worked with as collaborators. And as collaborators, um, 
they're supporting specific aspects of what you're already doing, right? So imagine it being, you know, uh, we're we're working on. I'm making something up in your district. You you're you're working on issues around equity, right? In racial equity, and you know you've determined how you want to do, you know, teacher evaluations. You've turned talked about how you want to do observations. You've already determined within your school and your district um, how professional learning is going to unfold. Um, but then there's this this little piece that you have about um, how equity teams are going to be formed, hypothetically for some. So you allow them to collaborate with you on that piece of it. But you know the evaluations, the observation, the professional learning—that's all off limits. That's still guided and controlled primarily by the school, by the district. So that's um, you, you're working with folks as collaborators. Then the next part of the matrix, um, Schuster and Elliott—they talk about you know engaging with with families and communities and with uh, young folks as partners, right? So when you think about partners, this is where now folks are coming alongside to help um, develop, to help envision, to help um, implement the processes and the practices that you are working on around racial justice and equity. And so now here engagement is, there's some very high engagement, right? Because folks are actually partnering with you and what you're doing. And then this final part of the matrix here, and again, I'm I'm reframing in some ways their their matrix in, in a ways in which I apply it to uh, the community-based equity audit. The, the, the last phase of this matrix though is that the, the families, the communities, the young folks, they are co-leaders with you in this work. So being a co-leader means that they, they, they actually help you d- develop. They actually help to implement. They, have, they actually help to, to dream. They actually help with the evaluation. They, they, they do some of this, some of this in, independently. They do some of it interdependently, interdependently, excuse me. But it, it is, is a co-constructed, it's co-created, it is, it is, it is co um co-created right and so it then the engagement becomes highly highly engaged right and so i want you to think about that continuum and think about that matrix from consultant to collaborator to partner to leaders and so the thing i really want you to grapple with before you get to the community-based equity audit is locating where is your school where is your district you you have some internal conversations about this and grappling with it and then i want you to talk to a colleague talk to a friend talk to someone on your leadership team and have some conversation around like where are we are we is our in our work with families communities youth and with uh young folks is it is it in a in a form of consultant is it collaborators is it partner or is it like co-leaders and that will help you reveal and give you some beautiful and important information about where you are and a good thing i love again about uh, the title of that rich milner book is like you start where you are you just don't stay there so wherever you find yourself um in this matrix beyond this matrix that's where you are we're not staying there but we have to identify where we are if we want to get So I want to start off by kind of giving you a little historical context of community-based equity audits and kind of like my thinking when I when I developed it and like how it emerged. So back in 2000, uh, maybe 10, 11, I can't remember, somewhere in there, um, I was in a graduate course at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And we were in that course, we were doing equity audits. And I remember raising my hand, asking the professor like, yo, 
these in-school equity audits, they're they're dope. They have amazing data. I can see how they can be a portal for change. You can leverage them to change. But I raise my hand. I'm like, but what about the community? You know what I mean? Uh, having grown up in Detroit, experiencing the tail ends of deindustrialization, understanding this intricate connection between schools and communities and young folks in, in their schools and families and caregivers. I'm like, this is not incorrect, but it's incomplete alone. Right. And so I remember the professor said, well, well, you know, that's your work. That's the work you're supposed to do. And so from that point on in 2010, 11, um, I had been thinking about it and start writing it and threw it away and start writing it again and threw it away. And then I remember having this one conversation Early on in my career as a faculty member, I actually may have been the end of a, a, a doctoral student, um, but it was early in my faculty career and I was sharing some work around, um, you know, communities and schools and the importance of, you know, engaging and working uh, in, in concert in authentic ways with with families, with caregivers, with young people. And I remember this principal um, in my presentation kind of interrupted me and said, well, will this help my test scores? And I was like, I don't know if it's going to help your test scores, but you better have about four seats. And I'll be interrupting me like that. And it was interesting because the principal, he was so he was so just beholden to the test scores. And I don't want to minimize anybody who is living in that situation, in that context, because that is a reality. Um, and he was like, well, well, what does this mean for my school and my work? You know, as I was sharing some of the research that I had been doing around, you know, equitable community development and how schools start to make shifts and changes. And and then I had a situation when I first became uh, a assistant professor where I was working with school leaders who are actually in schools and who are actually engaging with communities. And I was like, I, I didn't have necessarily a, a, a process, a, a instrument, a tool to help and to guide them in their work in, in working with uh, communities in very authentic and very genuine and very um, power equitable ways. I, I just didn't have it. So that's when I started working on this community based equity audit and but also community based equity audits, but also thinking about the the diverse literature and other disciplines around uh, community audits that have been done for decades <laughs> in um, public health in sociology, in political science, and thinking about um, community-based participatory uh, practices uh, that had influenced my thinking. Uh, community organizing, a lot of that work has some good friends who are organizers. And so um, that started influencing my thinking. So it was kind of like an amalgamation of all those folks who, was, who were influencing my thinking, the experiences that I was having as a, as a researcher, practitioner, um, but also kind of like this, what I felt like there was an opportunity to create something to support people actually working in schools. And so that was kind of like the genesis for me to start to write this and then to begin to test it out in a course that I created on school, family, community um, engagement and continue to iterate it and still iterating it and uh, wrote a paper on it in 2016. And um, I think it's by far my most highly cited paper and folks are most interested in. And so I've thought a lot about it uh, since 2016. I'm going to rewrite some new things about it coming up here this summer and uh, wanted to share it here with you. Um, and so that's my thinking and kind of like the genesis of, of me developing this this community based equity audit. work around equity audits in schools is is very important and people are continuing to engage that work but to engage the work on just school-based equity audits but neglecting and negating what's happening with the community um, i think it just leaves some some 
important opportunities and some spaces where we can have a more robust and more substantive transformational work that we're doing around racial justice and equity. And when we don't take up a community-based equity audit approach, it leaves little guidance to understand young people and the nuanced way in nuanced ways, their communities in nuanced ways, the histories and how to act in, in solidarity, how to come alongside and work towards something that is beneficial for folks in the community, for the community, which is also encompassing um, in some ways what's happening in the school. And sometimes it, it doesn't overlap. Right. Um, and so when I think about community based equity audit, the first thing about it is that it is it's community based means that it, it centers the work is centered in the community. Right is not centered in the school, right? And so part of this is like trying to reorient and re-navigate the conceptual landscape, but also the practical landscape of what we are centering and where we're starting and where we're beginning is a community-based context, not the school-based context, right? But then is a community-based equity audit. So equity, of course, is centering and anchoring the work that's happening around this. And when I think of equity, you know, I, I think about this dichotomy between you know, diversity is about representation, but for me, equity is about redistribution, redistribution of power, redistribution of resources, redistribution of imagination, redistribution of of how we come to understand and approach what we're doing, redistribution of the methodological approaches that we take to do racial justice and equity. Um, and so it's a community based equity, but then it's an audit. The word audit, when you think about its etymology in the Latin, um, audure, it means literally to engage in the act of listening. And so oftentimes in a very westernized world, people hear the word audit and they're thinking of evaluation. They're thinking of something that's very punitive. They're thinking of, oh, they about to get me. Oh, y'all can't do no equity audit at my school because y'all ain't about to get me. And so this is not a, a gotcha. Y'all can't do no community based equity audit. Y'all ain't about to have the it ain't that. It is it is to engage in the act of listening, right? And so a community-based equity audit. These three things are so important that it is centering not what's happening in the school. It's centering what's happening in the community, in a community-based context. It's anchored in the notion of equity and, and redistribution, but it's also in reimagination, but it's also engaged in an intimate act of listening. So when I think about the community-based equity audit, I think about it as an instrument. It is a strategy. It's a tool and it is an approach. Okay. So it's, it's a, it's an instrument. It's, it's something that you can use as a tool that can actually engage and help you with the work that you're doing to work with community, to work with young people, to work with caregivers, to work with families, to work with grandmothers, to work with whomever it may be, community-based organizations. It's an instrument, it's a strategy, it is also an approach. All those things come together to help to co-guide the work that you are doing to not only improve what is happening at the school, but to bring equity in a community-based context. So we're thinking about that intersection and that nexus. Which is very important for how we approach our work. Now, the community-based equity audit has six distinguishing factors, and I'll go through these rather, rather quickly um, when we're thinking about this community-based equity audit. There's six distinguishing factors, and as I'm writing about this again, there's some more things here, but I'm, I'm going to start you off with these six. The, the first thing is that the community-based equity audit is not a one-size-fits-all linear process that you just take up, right? This is not add water and stir, right? <laughs> this is this is context specific. So in other way, in, in other words, excuse me, this means that the community based con the community based equity audit is 
context specific, which means that the way a community-based equity audit may be applied in community A may vary from the way that is applied in community C or B or F or G. And that is okay, right? Because we are, we are allowing the principles, uh, the, 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 the constructs to guide the way in which we take up the work within context, within space, within uh, the racial histories in which we find ourselves, right? And so it isn't a one size fits all linear process that has to be uh, religiously followed like step one, step two, step three, step four. Essentially what it is, it's trying to provide you with the resources and the tools and the edifice so you can go about doing your own building. The second thing is that the community-based equity audit is not a quick fix solution to technical problems. It is not that, right? This is not like, you know, the issues and the concerns that you're having with, with, um, making these robux robux robust excuse me connections with communities and with families it's not like a technical thing this is more of like an adaptive like we are it's it's predicated on experimentation on a deep commitment to shift practices um on iteration it requires time right and so that's the second distinguishing factor about a community based equity audit the third thing is that it can and it should be used in tandem with a school based community uh, or, or a school-based equity audit, but it can be conducted without having conducted that. I think you get a more comprehensive picture when you do an equity audit and a community-based equity audit, but it can stand alone, but it, I think is more powerful when it's done in concert and rope in, in, in relationship to an equity audit. And you're making sure that young people are significantly shaping that caregivers and families, um, are shaping that particularly black, um, indigenous, Latinx, Asian, and, um, Pacific Islander. Um, and I'll talk more about that. Uh, the third thing is that the fourth thing, I'm sorry, is that l- this is a distinguishing factor that's super important that leadership exists in a range of community based spaces beyond just the leadership that's inside of a school. Right. So if, if you are working in a school or in a district and you conduct a community based equity audit, you cannot show up as like the the enlightened, omnipotent savior for the community. It This is not that right. This is not about you in all of your degrees and I'm happy that you have all the experiences and the training and the degrees that you have but this isn't that right this is understanding from the jump that leadership exists in a range of community-based spaces outside and beyond what's happening inside of a school in a district um the fifth thing is that traditional ways in which uh, families and communities and schools come together, those approaches are actually broken. Those approaches are actually misguided and it's not actually the families. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the, the, the people. It's the conditions that we're trying to shift and we're trying to, to change because people live within context. So the community-based equity audit is trying to understand these larger structural shifts that have to take place and not always structural shifts, but understanding that we're going after the conditions and not trying to fix the people if 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 you got me and then finally, equity anchors all of the work and all of the practices um, that go along with the community-based equity audit. Thinking about this whole principle of redistribution, but also like this reimagination um, and this redreaming of what could be. And I'll talk to you about that in a moment here in the community-based equity audit. I want to talk to you about the approach, the approach that teams, that leadership should take as they're conducting community-based equity audits. And this is super important because people like to jump into the process, the how-to and what do I do here and what do I do there? And I got a whole episode on that and that's cool. We need to talk about that. But if the approach is, is off, 
then the entire piece, the whole equity, community-based equity audit can end up being off. And I, I liken it to this. Um, you know, I've for those who don't know, I've been learning how to um, fly an, an aircraft. And one of the things about flying an aircraft is that um, when you're coming in for that landing, landing, you got to have the right approach because in that landing, it's going to be difficult for you to land and you actually could crash, right? And so I remember even my very first flight, we had to do the landing three times because the, the wind was coming in, the turbulence, and we just didn't have the right approach. And I think sometimes people can try to engage with community, engage with stakeholders. Um, so the approach is super important, okay? One of the things that I, I, I talk about here is um, drawing on um, Paulo Freire's notion of dialogue, which has been super important as um, you think about conducting a community-based equity audit um, and everything that goes in it. And so there are these six notions of dialogue that are extremely important to the community-based equity audit that have to inform the approach that we take um, when we're conducting community-based equity audits. And I'll start with this this very first one. And when I think about dialogue, I'm not thinking about, I'm thinking about it in the Frarian sense. It's not where one person has all the ideas and they do all of the talking or it's not they're trying to deposit their ideas into somebody um, else's mind to shape what they do. Dialogue is this true, beautiful, collaborative, collective exchange where something creatively can be, something creative can emerge. There's this creative synthesis that a third, fourth, or fifth way. It's not an either or, it's not a both and, it's more and more and more. And so the first um, aspect of the approach, the first thing that we have to have is love. Love, Freddie talks about this, this love, this radical love, love for the people, love for the school, love for the community, love for the stakeholders, because if we don't have this, this, this approach of this radical sense of love that's trying to reorganize the way power has been distributed asymmetrically, trying to reorganize um, injustice, trying to redream a new world and a new reality, we can come through uh, very paternalistic ways, we can show up in communities um, in, in very manipulative ways which can undermine the work that we're trying to do around community-based equity audits. The second thing in terms of the approach is the the sensibility one needs to take and leadership needs to take um, is is humility. And when I talk about humility from the Freudian sense, it's like always being open to new ideas, to new understandings, to never assume that you possess all the answers and you know what's best. When you're showing up with this sense of humility, this this radical sense of humility, you realize that we know more collectively than any one of us knows individually, right? So it it repositions the way in which we approach and show up. The third element here is sensibility is faith. That, that you have an immutable confidence in the community and the people and young folks and caregivers and black folks to describe and to transform their realities that you there is an experiential reservoir of knowledge. There's a sagacious reservoir of lived experience that can help us name and transform the realities and the context that we see in our communities, in our schools. And there is a, a strong sense of faith that drives and guides that. There's also this notion of hope, hope, understanding that the world and the community and education and schooling, that it is not finished from the Frarian sense, that it's, it's unfinished, that it's still being made. So what we see is not deterministic, but rather it's opportunistic, that that the radical dreams, the new worlds that we, that we, we aspire to help bring into existence that they are obtainable that they are they can be experienced they can be sensed that not only do we have glimpses of them we can actually live into them 
finally, the last one is uh, critical thinking. So like you are aware of the systems and the structures that perpetuate community and equity. Like you understand the ways in which race and racism show up. You understand how anti-blackness show up. You understand how settler colonial, you understand how these systems operate and how how, how they come together so that you don't start blaming people. You start to work to fracture and to upend and to abolish oppressive systems, right? And so when we approach the work in these ways, the process, the process, the process starts to emerge in some very fruitful, organic, and contextual specific ways. And I'll get into the how-to, the nuts and bolts, do this, do that. I'm gonna get super practical um, on this next episode and and give you this, what it is, where it came from, and how we should be approaching community-based equity audits. And hopefully it'll be something um, that is useful and helpful for the practice that you are doing in your school and in your community. I hope you got something out of that. I'm excited for you to come to uh, hear the next uh, episode uh, where we talk about the practicality. So make sure you bring your pen and pencil to that one, whatever you're you're typing with, um, Kool-Aid, stick, crayon, whatever you write with, (laughs) type with. Uh, There'll be some good notes there. All right. Hope y'all got something out of that. All right. Peace. Well, that is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you enjoyed it. And I am so excited and really looking forward to our time together during future podcasts. What I need you to do is to please hit the subscribe button, share with a friend, and please leave a review. Love reviews. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to www.raciallyjustschools.com. That is www.raciallyjustschools.com. When you join our community, I have a free video for you on three tips that will make your racial justice work better. And again, if you love the show, hit subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. And until next time, peace.